Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, my name is Bryce Watts, and this is the NF Ladies Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but I want to highlight the women who are the support systems behind the scenes. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode 22 of the NF Ladies podcast. Last week, we talked to Carly Burris, who works as a wealth management advisor, and she told us all about how to save our money and what we should be doing with it. I actually asked her what she would suggest that guys in the league would do with their money because, you know, you come into a lot of money that people usually don't have. When they're in their early 20s, mid 20s, and early 30s, most people don't make money like that. Even if you're in the lower end of the league, you're having a good job coming out of college and it just doesn't happen. So I was curious and I wanted to ask her what she thought that they should do with their money. And she responded, which is partly true, I know, that it's hard to get some guys to invest early and touched on the fact that families also, not just the guys, feel like they have to keep up with others in the league, that they need to keep a certain appearance or put out a certain image. And while that is true, I think for some people, I know it's obviously not true for all of them because it is not true for Chad and I. We are kind of the opposite in that way. And I actually mentioned in that episode that Chad still has his Ford F-150 2005 that his parents bought him when he got into college. It's still running. It's a great truck. And I hope he hears me say this because every time that I'm in it, he thinks I'm ragging on it, but I'm not. He thinks I hate his car, but that's not true. I just hate driving it. I'm kidding. But it's just a little bit harder to navigate just because it does take so long to break and to start up and stuff like that that I'm not used to. And the air conditioner when it's really hot, doesn't work too well. And vice versa, when it's really cold, it takes a really long time to heat up. So I guess in extreme hots and colds, that's also not ideal for me. But going back to Carly, she was saying that she works uh, helping people put their money in different places. Usually she works with people who have already accumulated a good amount of wealth, meaning later 30s, mid to early 40s, and telling them what to do with it, where to put it, how to invest it, how to save it for retirement, stuff like that. So if you are interested and you're in the league and you do have money that you're looking to invest right now or just wondering what to do with it besides spend it, then she is definitely the person to reach out to. And we did discuss, which I you know I really feel like this is relevant, is that it's very hard to look beyond football. When you are in football, you're living this certain lifestyle, whether that be one that you are spending a lot of your money or whether that be one where you're saving it you're still seeing that money come in and you're used to seeing however much it may be from that range of people, but you're used to seeing that consistent flow in and that's not always the case, especially after the league, if you're looking to do something and you haven't really figured it out yet, giving yourself that time to really find what you're good at and find what you love to do because that might look different than what you thought you were gonna do before you were in the league. 
the league opens so many new opportunities for you that it might look different after the league. You have you met so many more people than you knew before. You have you have had so many different experiences that it might change a little bit. You know that happens even in college. People change their majors a couple times. But also in the professional space, when you're coming out of college, you may take a job just because the pay looks good, but then you realize, hey, I don't really want to be doing this. Same is true of people going into the league. They might want to do something that looks a little bit different. If maybe they've polished a certain skill in the NFL, maybe they want to go into that afterwards. But again, it's all about the situations that you put yourself in when you are in the league and what you've really immersed yourself in and what you've tried to do. If you've even taken an internship during the off season, I know a couple of our friends have actually done that. And it's a lot. I'm sure it's a lot because when you're go, go, go all season, taking a break sounds really good. But also some guys just want to do something other than football. And they are thinking after football, which is really smart and really good to be able to look back on and say, hey, I set myself up really well. But that's, again, not always the case. But I do think it's really important to go back and listen to her episode and just hear what she has to say. We didn't go too much into the weeds about it, but just how she touched on how people in the league tend to not, or some people, let's say, some people tend to not look into that because not everybody always looks into investing when you just get in the league. I know that Chad and I, he wanted to really learn for himself what he thought that he should do. He didn't just want to go in blindly and have somebody tell him what he should do. So he wanted to learn a lot. So it took a couple of years until he got comfortable and then really went and did that. That's definitely another way I think that you can do it to just familiarize yourself with that because it is a whole nother world. And that's even what Carly mentioned. She said, I didn't know all this stuff coming out of school. I had to learn it through practice. I had to learn it while I was in the business, while I was in the industry. I learned all this stuff. This isn't just something you grow up learning or something that you grow up knowing. So it is a practice skill. We also talked about foundation that she started called All in Guatemala. And one of their programs actually installs water filters in the Guatemalan people's homes. And obviously she was talking about how You know, when you go to a third world country and they say, don't drink the water. So that's what they're living with down there. They're living with dirty water. Another program that we talked about a lot is one where they install ventilated stoves so that the smoke goes outside of the home because they live in one bedroom homes and the smoke is when, you know, they're cooking in the same room that they're sleeping in and the smoke is staying in there and that leads to a lot of lung issues. Um, So that's another one of the programs that she helps funds, but it's a really cool program. I actually put the link in the show notes. So if you go down to her episode and then go into the description, you can see all the stuff that she does. You can go to the website All in Guatemala and see if you want to give back. It is the season of giving. She would appreciate that so much. And because it's the end of the year, I would like to reflect on the year as a whole. And the big part of that has been COVID. It's actually getting really bad right now. As of December 14th, I'm talking about this. And (laughs) there's been new cases coming out every day. I think there were just like 80 confirmed cases of COVID. So a lot of stuff is happening in the league. I found a couple articles discussing that and I wanted to talk about a couple points that were in those articles. I will also link the articles in the description of this episode as well if you'd like to read them because they are really interesting and one of them actually is updated whenever there is new information. So there were a lot of different rules that started even in the beginning of COVID. Like you would forfeit if you had a certain number of players who weren't vaccinated who were sick. 
So that didn't happen, actually. It it went better than I think the league expected. Not that I think the league expected. They said it went better than they expected, where they haven't had to do that. But they've just started having to deal with some stuff. And they think it's because it's the winter months. Everybody is staying more indoors. And plus, it's the holiday season where everybody is coming together. And you're seeing more friends. You're seeing more family. You're going to see more people. So you're interacting with more people. So the likelihood that you are going to get it is higher. But here are a couple quotes that I saw from an article. It was talking about the latest in sports and COVID-19 outbreaks in the NFL, NBA, and NHL. How few masks, little testing has put sports on the brink. And obviously, I'm just going to read the NFL bits. ESPN reported the NFL had 37 positive COVID tests on Monday, and the Cleveland Browns entered enhanced COVID protocols with daily testing regardless of vaccination status and mandatory masking after eight players tested positive. So the masks haven't really been enforced from what we've seen on the sidelines. And I haven't even noticed that these two years have just blended together to me, but I haven't really seen now that I think about people wearing masks on the sidelines, it's not required anymore, but it looks like it may be required for these teams who are getting lots of positives. Another quote, the NFL increased its health and safety protocols for Thanksgiving with increased testing and mandatory mask wearing within team facilities. So this, I think, is just because the people are gathering more, especially since there aren't as many rules as last year. You aren't going to get fined if you're seen with a whole group of people. At least I don't think so anymore. That was a big thing last year. People are getting fined for being in a location where there was, I think, more than like five, six, seven people, something like that. But that hasn't really been enforced this year, but it looks like they're going to require masks and not limit the number of people like they did last year, at least. I saw an article and it came out in December of last year, 2020, and I'm surprised that I hadn't seen it before. Maybe I just wasn't seeking it out, but it was an article talking about the difficulties for the players' significant others in the league. And they had a meeting talking to the significant others of some of the players and just asking them how it's affected them and their families and their home life and their kids' lives. And there was a quote from the article that stuck out to me, quote, any lapse in judgment could potentially jeopardize not only the livelihood of their spouses, but also the livelihood of teammates, coaches, and club employees if the league is forced to cancel games or shut down the season, possibilities that could have an impact beyond the 2020 campaign. That really weighs on them. And that was something that I was really worried about last year as well. It was something that all all of the other women who I was with were worried about. It was we didn't want to put ourselves in a position where we could potentially get our significant others or husbands sick because then it would pass to your family and then it would pass to your teammates and it would pass to your friends and then it would pass to everybody in the facility. So it was it was something much bigger than yourself. It wasn't just you got sick, you had to quarantine. You're potentially jeopardizing everybody and then the league the league going forward, you know, having to put those protocols in place. Maybe it spreads to different teams if you're at an away game, but you had a false negative or whatever it may be, there was always that potential for you being able to spread it. And actually, I moved to Houston in the first place because that was the first place to give me a job. I was applying to California and Houston and I wasn't able to get a job, but I got a job in Houston and I said, okay, well, this is a great opportunity for me to work and also be near Chad. So I went and did that and I was actually having a lot of close contact with people. I was extremely cautious. I obviously wore a mask. I washed all my clothes every day after work. The masks were one use. I only wore them one time, even if they were cloth and then I would wash them. And at least once a week, I did a complete wipe down of the apartment because I really didn't want to be that weak link. I didn't want to be that person. 
we did have a roommate, so there was potential for that as well. It wasn't just Chad and me, so it was nerve wracking and I didn't stay in that job for too long, so I wasn't having that contact the whole entire season, but it was something that I worried about. And reading this and knowing that families who do have kids, it was difficult because they had to keep their kids out of school if their kids had contact with anybody else. So it's potentially two, three, four, five different people who could get your family or your significant other sick and thus affecting the entire team. So I thought that was interesting that there was actually an article about that and that they were talking about it and that it was being addressed on the NFL website. And I will also include this link in the episode description as well. And the last article that I found that I read was about how the NFL had planned for a delayed season. They had actually planned to condense the season into 10 games and to start it was on Thanksgiving and then going until I think like pushing the Super Bowl potentially back to March, but they didn't tell anybody this. They just prepared. This was their disaster plan. They didn't even tell the clubs because they didn't want to, that that to get in their head. They just wanted to prepare for all possibilities. So that never happened, but this was talked about in the article, which I didn't know, which I thought was very interesting. So I'm going to read a couple quotes from here as well, just because I don't think I can condense it any further. And yeah. Although the league never publicly veered from its position that the season would start on time, behind the scenes, Goodell and schedule maker Howard Katz devised contingency plans. One called for a 10-game season that would start on Thanksgiving Day, with the Super Bowl pushed to late February. The CBA allowed for the league to delay the Super Bowl all the way to mid-March without permission from the union. There was strict silence on any potential changes. And another one. Considering the league oversaw approximately 7,000 tests per day and developed a thorough contact tracing system, more than football stood to benefit. Medical experts and epidemiologists from the NFL and NFLPA continually shared their findings with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Those groups jointly published a paper at the end of the season that the CDC said was broadly applicable throughout society to limit the spread of the virus. It was clear to us, including the commissioner, early on in the year the uniqueness of the work we were doing. We were going to accumulate so much information about COVID that others wouldn't have that we had an obligation to share it. We saw that as part of the mission. So I didn't even realize this. I didn't think about it that this was bigger than football. Them being able to test like this on this scale because it was something that they were pushing for and something that actually the NFL was able to financially afford, that it was something that nobody else really got to do. Everybody wanted to push for football. People didn't want to push the season back and fans wanted to see sports finally because, you know, just escaping from their regular lives, the reality of what was actually happening. So that was really cool that they were able to actually do that and to make it bigger than football itself. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the ladies who had come on the podcast this year for season two. Job titles obviously don't define these women, but they are passionate about what they do. And I think that that's an important note to add. When you're passionate about what you do, you're putting your all into it and you're believing in what you're doing. And that essentially comes from your beliefs and your morality and what you believe to be important. So I do think that that is part of the job when you are passionate about it. So that does kind of, I mean, refers back to kind of who you are as a person. So in episode 13, I had on Annie Patrick, who is the global brand director for Nike. She expressed in that episode that what she's looking to do is to help support, quote, her as in the Nike consumer in every aspect of her life. So not just supporting a woman when she is, let's say, in her teenage years or she's in her 20s or she's in her 30s, but even before that. When she's going through menopause, when she was a little girl growing up looking for representation, just again, finding representation in every aspect of her life. And I really enjoyed talking with her because sports allows you to be that positive role model for others 
while also being the best at your sport. And even these athletes are coming out. I believe Nike actually did it with college athletes talking about their own insecurities with their bodies. And you think that an athlete having an athletic body is only supposed to look one way when you're working out like that. Well, you look really fit, right? But that's not always the case with every body body type. It's not always the case with every athlete in a different sport. It's just it's not what you would think. And so the women coming out and talking about that and how they have struggled with that, I think was really important to see because people who weren't athletes probably didn't know that those insecurities were even had by collegiate athletes and even professional athletes at that. And she expressed that Nike, they strive to be representative of the world that we live in and not just a world that you see on billboards or on TV or what you think that an athlete or a person should look like to be beautiful or attractive or athletic or successful even. Her and her husband Lucas have been killing it this year and I am excited to see their continued journey in football as well as in the world of Nike. On episode 16, I had Rachel Willingham, who is a model and a marketing and business consultant. So she works in tech slash marketing, working as a project manager or a program manager. She's married to a coach, so she does this on top of taking care of everything at home and with their son while her husband, Nathaniel, is working at the facility. So we talked in depth about her experience as working as a model and how she even got to that point, how she became a model and how she just went for it. She had been thinking about it for a long time. She had been rejected and thought, okay, I can't do this. I was silly for even thinking that I could, but then years later saying, I'm going to really be mad at myself if I never went for it, if I never seriously pursued it. So she did it and she is a model. And she is very proud of the work that she's done, as she should be. She looks stunning. She got to walk the Miami Swim Week and go check out her profile. She is killing it. She's posting her new modeling photos, but also making people aware that everything you see online isn't as it appears to be. So she said what she is referred to as an in-betweeny in the industry, and she does not like that, and I don't either. That sounds really weird, but she actually poses the question, why do you need to put an asterisk? before a different type of model. If you are a certain weight, a certain size, a certain height, why do you need to put plus size model in front? Why can't you just say model? And she makes a great point. She said that the industry is slowly trying to transition to become more inclusive, but that doesn't mean that the mentality of those that are doing the hiring has changed as they may just be looking to do it to check off a box, which different women are being represented, but it doesn't change the mentality of those who are behind the scenes, but I guess it is a start. Um, modeling, I think, is really intriguing because when you really think about it, it's all about what we have been conditioned to see and what the ideal body type and lifestyle is. So what you're told you should want, what you're told you should buy, what you are told you should look like, those are all represented through modeling, whether that be a model on a billboard, a conventional model that you think about, or whether that be modeling on a different scale if somebody is modeling a product. That is still modeling. When you go into Sears, I mean, Sears is still open, people. I'm really, I feel like I'm dating myself without really being from that age. But you go and you see people on boxes. They are modeling with the product. That is still modeling. You wouldn't think of it that way, but yes. (laughs) I had a really great time talking to her. And, you know, we went on for, I think, an hour before and an hour after even the recording went off. So I do want to reach out to her next year as well and potentially get a part two because I really enjoyed that and you guys really seem to enjoy it as well. On episode 18 of the podcast, I had on guest Mackenzie Williams, who is one of my close friends from when Chad and I were on the Jets, actually. She lived right up the street from us, which we didn't figure out for a little bit until I picked her up or I sent her my address because we were going to an open practice. And she was like, wait, you live right up the street from me. 
but we were living in Morristown and it was really wooded. There was a lot of trees and I feel like you can really get lost in there. You can hide if you want because nobody knows that there's a house back there. So they kind of lived in like a little corner. So I couldn't really see where they were. And, but we figured that out and I thought it was pretty funny. She was always very open with me and I'm sure others just about the reality of the situation that significant others are in and when you're with someone in the NFL and just how it's not all glamorous, but also not taking away from the fact that it is a really amazing position to be in and really appreciating it and enjoying it while it's happening. Everything is not always what it seems and behind the scenes things could look completely different, but no matter what situation you're in, if you're in this community with us, with the other women, you are making these genuine connections that are outside of your relationship. And I think that's something that's really important, something that we may forget when things aren't going so well at home, or maybe things aren't going so well, like in our lives, and we do feel alone, you still have those genuine connections with other people. So I really found that in Mackenzie. And it was great talking with her again. And we stayed on for a little bit afterwards. And we've actually planned to go and meet each other up during the off season. I told her I will be in Southern California. And she is more than welcome to come. We are going to be right near the water. So Mackenzie, if you are listening to this, I am doubling down. She talked about her love of being a nurse and how she's really good at it, which I obviously definitely believe because, you know, being a nurse, I feel like you are so close to your work. These are real people. These are people who maybe have led different lives. But in the end, we're all, you know, we're all going to the same place. In the end, we're all going to break down. Our bodies are our bodies and we're not going to live forever. So we need people like Mackenzie, people who are doctors, people who are nurses to help us in that part of our lives as well. So she talked about how moving around to all those different places made it difficult, but that she reached out to hospitals or companies in the area and she was able to get jobs in some of the places that they moved to. And her profession is one that I imagine you would have to be fully immersed in love because it becomes overwhelming. You have crazy nights, you have crazy hours. And if she really went out of her way to look for a job like that, and it takes a long time to get used to a hospital, she had told me, not get used to it, but like know all the protocols. There is training, you know, you can't just waltz and say, okay, I'm ready. I know exactly what I'm doing. It's a new place and it's people's lives that you're dealing with. So it's very important, obviously, that you know everything. So it's not as simple as getting a job or you can't do something freelance. So you have to really love it. And when you go after something like that, I think that's just like a testament to the women who do go out and get what they want and who do go out and seek out their own job when they have to move in the league because they don't have to. They, this isn't forever. They don't have to go out there and put themselves out there because they don't know if they're going to be leaving in the next couple months, if they're going to stay there for a year, for eight years. It's just, it's so uncertain that I really think props should be given to those women. In episode 19, I had on guest Lauren Robinson, and she is the first NF Lady veteran that I had the pleasure of talking to. Uh, she started a community called The Lost Mama, where mamas who have experienced the loss of a child can come together and share their stories anonymous, anonymously so that they can find healing in sharing their own stories. And this was a really eye-opening episode for me because it made me think about situations that I haven't thought about before, you know, something that you think about, but you don't really relate to because maybe you just saw it somewhere, you saw a story where you don't know somebody, so you don't have any type of experience to draw on to relate to that. I am not a parent, so first of all, I'm not in that stage of my life, but when you are a parent, you don't even imagine that you would lose your child. It's not something that you obviously think about. So even if I were in that stage, those are just feelings and situations that I would never be able to fathom or just thinking about what I could do or how I would even navigate that situation. Uh, it was an episode that made me think about what's important in my life because when something so horrible happens, those are the only things that matter then. 
And that's what Lauren said when she started The Lost Mama, when we were talking, she talked about homesteading and just really being part of nature. She really loved going outside, feeling the wind on her face, and she cherished that and being in nature, that she wanted her children to also value those things as well. So they are homesteading, they are getting their home built. They have, I believe, 11 acres of land and they are going to have goats and chickens and they are planting their own vegetables. So they are actually going to be living off of the land. And she just wants to live at peace in nature, find peace in her life and live peacefully with her family. And that's just such a beautiful and pure and going back to earth and simplistic way because when you think about it, you know, that's all that really does matter in the end is just living with your family or being with your family, being around those that you love, being around the people that love you and in the environment that is peaceful that you have created for yourself. So that is what we should all strive to be doing in our lives. And of course, I talked about Carly Burris in episode 21 of the podcast, and she will be my last NF lady of the season two, not of the season two, of this end of the year, this 2021 end of the year. I will be starting back up in January. I'm trying to figure out maybe the 7th is when I'm thinking because I am going to be taking two weeks off to just enjoy the holidays and relax because even though I do really love doing this podcast, recording this podcast and meeting all these different women, it is a lot of work and I would like to unwind and focus on coming out stronger in the new year. I will, however, pose you guys with this question or with this thought. Uh, don't forget to think of a new year's resolution. I know that these are cliche, but it does push you to think about what happened in your life this past year and how you wish you would have reacted to something or something that you may want to change. Since it's the end of the year, I'm getting to that point myself, just reflecting and thinking about how I would have liked to do situations differently, or even not even that, just kind of trying to pivot and turn in a different direction in the new year and really go after what I want. That sounds also very cliche, but when you think about it, but are you ready? People can say it, but are you ready to do it? Are you ready to go after what you actually want instead of waiting and all of that good jazz that you hear all the time, people saying, go after what you want, be confident, but seeing if you can actually implement that in your own life in the future. I will be looking at some different companies, some different Anaphylactics brands that I do want to post on my Instagram story, Instagram page, just for last minute gifts. It doesn't even have to be for Christmas gifts. If you have a birthday coming up, it is going to be Valentine's Day in the next couple months. You know, I'm, I think, a header. I think ahead a lot. Chad and I bought all of our Christmas gifts in October just because I didn't want there to be shipping delays or anything that might happen if we were moving. So I wanted to be prepared. So I can also help you guys be prepared for the future if you are planners like I am. But that is all that I think I have for episode 22 of the NFLDs podcast, the last episode of 2021. And I wish you guys a very happy holidays, a peaceful one where you can spend with your family and reflect on your own life and be happy with where you ended up separate from football because football is your life right now, but football does not dictate who you are. It does not define who you are. So thank you for listening to season two, episode 22 of the NF Ladies podcast, and I will talk to you next year. Thank you for listening to episode 22 of the NF Ladies podcast. My intro and outro music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.